Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Carson Reads. I just wanted to say real, real quick that on June 9th, I'm recording this on June 14th, and hopefully I'll get this up tomorrow. Um, on June 9th, 17 people listened to the podcast, which is honestly so incredible to think about i don't even say that to like be boastful or prideful i just think that it's kind of crazy you know just as a way of tracking how we're doing and who's listening um yes just so flattered and so humbled okay so let's immediately begin on this book this was actually a book club book that i read in april (laughs) with my little book club squad and I, I am I am late recording this. I am slowly trying to catch up with the books that I haven't done yet. I think I literally have four more that have already been read like earlier in the year, but I just didn't have time to upload them. Um. So okay, this book, I'd recommend this book. I'd recommend this book because first of all, I think Kafka, Franz Kafka, is like a powerful like name drop. If you can say that you've read a Kafka then that like kind of adds to your book reader clout. So that's one thing. I also think that for this book, this was my first Kafka. <laughs> so um, shout out Camry for having me read my first Kafka. Now that I have, now I have that like book reader clout, you know. Um, but also for this one, and I don't have any of his other books to compare it to in my mind. But this one was so, it was just, like, so immersive, the story. And, like, while you're reading it, you feel like you're there so much. I don't even know, like, what magic is infused in his words. But, like, you feel like you're on trial. And it's, like, it's hot, it's muggy, but it's, like, dark. It's anxious, it's anxiety-inducing. It's very... Kafka-esque, which is a real word that we discovered. Kafka-esque. It's like, I don't even know the actual definition, but I think it's like, just like, nightmare, nightmareville. <laughs> that it, that's like the, the theme in a lot of Kafka's works. And yeah, very Kafka-esque. Let's see what else. Uh, I think Kafka's most, in my mind, his most popular, his most famous work is Metamorphosis. And I honestly don't even know really what the premise of that book is about. I just know that Franz Kafka wrote it and that it's really famous. (laughs) So I think I need to put that on the list too of things to read. But Kafka, he was born in, this is a little backstory for you on this on this man who's born in 1883 and he's Jewish he was born in Prague he goes to a Jew a, a German school and he dies pretty young he dies at age 40 and throughout his life like he lives with his parents for most of his life and he deals with like lots of mental it's very doom and gloom his life I mean imagine growing up in that side of the world at that time i mean he i think he died in like 1923 so it's like you know just the ravages of war and 
upheaval for like the majority of his his adult life so yeah he just did not have the most sunshine and rainbows life yeah and you can totally see that through the way that he writes his work I almost said works but I haven't (laughs) I haven't read any other ones except for this one um so the story of how this book came about if you're wondering more history lessons is he tells his friend he's on his deathbed and he tells his friend named max he says max oh i actually have the quote right here dearest max my last request everything i leave behind me in the way of diaries manuscripts letters sketches and so on is to be burned unread yours franz kafka And then Max, of course, being the friend that he is, he says, Max Broad believed that it was Kafka's high artistic standards and merciless self-criticism that lay behind the request. But he also believed that Kafka had deliberately asked the one person he knew would not honor his wishes. So he totally disregards Kafka's request and he devotes a lot of energy into making sure that all of Kafka's works are published. So thank you, Max, for for disobeying your friend's dying wishes because that's how we have this book. And the story... Okay, so it's obviously it's unfinished. This was an unfinished work by Kafka by the time he died, but Max, our good friend, and Kafka's good friend, goes ahead and publishes it anyway. And it's translated from German, and, like, there's a whole... Like, at the beginning of mine, there's this whole um, talk from the translator, Brian Mitchell, of how... I don't know, like, compiling all, like, the manuscripts into the right order and, like, translating it to try to get the Kafka-esque stuff. Um, yeah. But anyway, what was even my point in saying that? Oh, it's unfinished, and they did have to, like, put the chapters in the right order, and some of them weren't finished, and all of that stuff. And you can totally tell that it's an unfinished work. But even Though it's unfinished, it kind of adds to the story. It, I don't know, like, it's definitely, like, choppy and is not, like, the, yeah. When the chapter ends and the next chapter starts, it's like, how much time has passed? You don't know. It's, like, so confusing and disorienting. But it kind of adds to to the tone of the story. And that story is that... Let me read you the first line. I think it's just a great way to introduce the story. It says, Someone must have slandered Joseph K. So it follows this guy named Joseph K. For one morning, without having done anything wrong, he was arrested. Boom. So this man appears at his door and says, You're under arrest. And the man is accompanied by two other, like, bodyguard guys, I'm pretty sure. And, um, I almost said Franz, Joseph K is put under arrest, even though he's completely innocent. And the entire book follows, and this arrest is kind of interesting because he gets to live his life normally, but he knows that he has a prosecution to face. 
and um, he doesn't know when, he doesn't know like the extent, he doesn't know what he's guilty for, he doesn't know what he's up against, he just knows that he is under arrest, which is so interesting. And the whole book is kind of like nonsensical and contradictory and confusing, but that's totally intentional. He goes, um, like, for example, he goes to the, the courtroom for the initial inquiry and the stands. This is just like an example of the, the nonsensicalness. The stands are filled with people and there's this fat little guy sitting at the table, the small table in the middle. And the fat little guy is like, you are one hour and five minutes late. And of course, nobody told Joseph what time he had to be there or like what was even happening. He just kind of goes and Joseph goes, um, quote, I may have arrived late, but I'm here now. And the people on the left side of the stands just erupt in applause and like they're standing up and cheering for him which doesn't make any sense but that's how the whole book is kind of written like nothing really makes sense and yeah 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 and let me flip open to this page right quick okay It seems, okay, I'm just going to read this quote. It says, there can be no doubt that behind all the pronouncements of this court, and in my case, behind this arrest, in today's inquiry, there exists an extensive organization. This is Joseph speaking. And the purpose of this extensive organization, ladies and gentlemen, it consists of arresting innocent people and introducing senseless proceedings against them, which for the most part, as in my case, go nowhere. So it's like everybody is kind of in on the arrest, like the court painter knows about it, the lawyers, his uncle, priests, it just, like, everybody kind of knows about it. It's, like, and the way that it's written, though, like, I don't even know how, like, there's such a distinct flavor of this book. It's, like, hysteria. I don't know. It's so, like, (laughs) anxiety-inducing. And, like, there's run, long on, what? There's long, run-on sentences. It's just, it's a whole thing. But, yeah. Anyway, I think I'm just going to share a couple more, a couple more quotes from the book. And, um, yeah. Try to, like, get your ideas on the premise of this book. I apologize if I'm talking quieter than usual. I'm recording this at night, and for some reason, it feels like I have to talk quieter. Even though I don't, I just feel like I should, and so I am. I don't know. Anyway, um, on page 115, it says, The proceedings are kept secret not only from the public, but from the accused as well. So everyone's in the dark. Nobody knows what's going on. It says, okay, and this is the part, it's kind of cool, well, not cool, but this is the part when Joseph is talking to the court painter, or a painter who's also the court painter. He's looking at this, um, Joseph is in his study, I believe, in the painter's study, I mean, and he's looking at this picture, this painting, 
and it says, uh, the painter says, it's the figure of justice, capital J justice, like the allegory of justice. And Joseph says, now I recognize it. There's a blindfold over her eyes and here are the scales, but aren't those wings on her heels and isn't she in motion? Yes, said the painter, I'm commissioned to do it in that way. It's actually justice and the goddess of victory in one. That's a poor combination, said Kay, smiling. Justice met must remain at rest, otherwise the scales sway and no judgment is possible. Uh, the painter says, I'm just following the wishes of the person who commissioned it. Yes, of course, said Kay. So it's kind of like, there is no justice. There's only victory... I don't know. That's just like a super interesting little little excerpt from from the book. And the whole time throughout the book, like there's an anonymous, like they, like I'm not allowed to tell you, Joseph, what's going on because they, but like the they is never, like there's just like somebody is after Joseph, but Joseph doesn't know who it is and nobody's like saying it. I don't know, it's very like, it's very like we live in a society type vibe, you know? Like, there's a another quote where somebody tells Joseph that he's just guilty in general. Even though he's completely innocent and has done nothing wrong, he's just guilty in general. And, yeah, it's just such a thought-provoking book. And I know that I'm not doing a very good job of explaining it or my feelings it's also just so hard to adequately like pinpoint or like put a pin in exactly how this book makes you feel very well done i'd recommend the ending i'm not going to spoil it but yeah he finally finally goes goes to the trial and it's just crazy town and he's only I think Joseph in this book is only 30 years old and at 30 you can just tell how jaded he is and how like over I don't know he's like nothing surprises me anymore because I'm 30 years old and like yeah anyway kind of crazy very dystopian very very cool I'd recommend. Oh, I usually do this earlier in the podcast. I'm going to tell you how many pages it is so that if you decide to go and read it, you have a better idea. Okay, so mine has at the end... Okay, so there's 231 pages in this book. But at the end, there's these little mini chapters called fragments, which are chapters that are... un incomplete and didn't like fit anywhere cohesively in the story so anyway there's more than 231 pages if you read the fragments and let me see it was originally published in german in 1925 so there you have it everybody i would go read let me know your thoughts if you've read this book please let me know there's a there's a part at the end that is so he's in the cathedral anyway if you've read this i'm just gonna say he's in the cathedral and this like the priest gives him this um oh what's it called it's like a riddle he gives him this riddle of like who is guilty in this situation and it's totally like contradictory and like doesn't really make any sense 
but I like had to reread it like a couple times and I don't know like what what thought that whole thing was about. So if you've read that and yeah. Anyway, this was I'm gonna try to record the next one not at night. I don't know why it feels like it feels like the night is like oppressing my voice right now. Anyway, this is Carson Reads. It's called Carson Reads because I'm Carson and I read. Ciao until the next.